No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Job is so despondent in his suffering that he curses the day he was born. He wishes he didn't exist. Is there hope for the hopeless? We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Job chapter 3 on Simply the Bible. Have you ever suffered depression? When I was in my early 20s, I went through a period of depression lasting for two years. I had never experienced anything like this before, and I, I couldn't shake it. Then I came across a Puritan book called A Lifting Up for the Downcast by William Bridge. He wrote in his opening chapter, There is an inward peace and quietness of soul which the saints and people of God ordinarily are endued with. It is possible that this peace may be interrupted, so far as God's people may be much discouraged, cast down, and disquieted. As I meditated on those words of William Bridge, it began to give me hope that there was somehow a purpose in the darkness, which at that time remained a mystery to me. This is the condition in which we find Job, the protagonist of our story. Only Job had at least a thousand times more reason to be despondent than I ever had. My darkness was purely mental and emotional. Job's darkness was based in the hard realities of losing everything materially, including his ten children. This was followed by being struck with painful boils from the bottom of his feet to the top of his head. If anyone who ever lived had good reason to be depressed, it was Job. Now, after Job's first test, he blessed the Lord who had given him much and now had taken it away. After the second test, he told his wife, shall we receive good from the Lord and not adversity? Now, after seven days in silence with his three friends, Job opens his mouth and releases the floodgates of internal pain. We continue in Job chapter 3. After this, Job opened his mouth and cursed the day of his birth. And Job spoke and said, May the day perish on which I was born, and the night in which it was said a male child is conceived. In Job's indescribable misery, he imagines going back in time to the fateful day of his birth. If only it could be cursed so that it never existed. Then his eyes never would have seen this sorrow, pain, and loneliness he was now seeing. None of this ever would have happened. May that day be darkness. May God above not seek it, nor the light shine upon it. May darkness and the shadow of death claim it. May a cloud settle on it. May the blackness of day terrify it. As for that night, may darkness seize it. The announcement of a pregnancy is usually a joyful event, and the birth announcement even more so. But Job wished that day was engulfed by the darkness, that the darkness claimed it never to be released. This day, that in reality had been light and joy, Job wished had been terrible and relentless darkness. 
May it not rejoice among the days of the year. May it not come into the number of the months. Oh, may that night be barren. May no joyful shout come into it. Usually we celebrate birthdays. When our daughter was born, Paul Simon had released a song called Born at the Right Time. And I listened to this song before, during, and after our daughter's birth. Even now when I hear that song, it makes me smile as I remember holding my baby girl for the first time. And in that moment of birth, everything seems right in the world. But Job would want no such enjoyment of his birthday. In fact, he would want it to be deleted from the calendar. Like some hotels delete naming the 13th floor. You go into the elevator, it just goes from 12th to the 14th floors. Job wishes that that day of his birthday never existed because then he would never exist. May those curse it who curse the day, those who are ready to arouse Leviathan. Now we will meet Leviathan again in chapter 41. He is the sea monster of chaos, the great enemy of the creator whose mission it was to undo the order and beauty God had made. Job pictures Leviathan here as having keepers, that is professional curse bringers, who could whistle for a Leviathan to come and destroy part of the created order, in this case, the day of Job's birth. May the stars of its morning be dark. May it look for light and have none, and not see the dawning of the day. Because it did not shut up the doors of my mother's womb, nor hide sorrow from my eyes. Now, One of the greatest temptations when we are going through severe trials is to start asking the why questions. Job's why questions are not directed to anyone in particular, not his friends, not even to God. Job is just giving a monologue here, a soliloquy, where he is really just talking to himself. It is important for us to realize that people do this when they are trying to process circumstances, words, and feelings. If your wife has ever had such a conversation with you and and you've tried to fix her, then you know exactly what I mean. She doesn't want to be fixed. She doesn't even want the advice. She just wants you to listen. So let's listen to Job. Why did I not die at birth? Why did I not perish when I came from the womb? Why did the knees receive me? Or why the breast that I should nurse? For now I would have lain still and been quiet. I would have been asleep. And I would have been at rest with kings and counselors of the earth who built ruins for themselves, or with princes who had gold, who filled their houses with silver. Or why was I not hidden like a stillborn child, like infants who never saw light? There the wicked cease from troubling. And there the weary are at rest. There the prisoners rest together. They do not hear the voice of the oppressor. The small and great are there, and the servant is free from his master. Job is saying that if he had perished at birth, then he would have gone to Sheol, the grave, the place of the dead. And that is the great leveler of humanity where there are kings and counselors, wealthy princes, the wicked, the weary, the prisoners. They all rest together. They're no longer oppressed. The small and the great, they sleep in peace. But 
do they really? You see, at this point, it's probably important for us to realize that much of what Job says in his despondency cannot form the basis for doctrine. This becomes evident at the end of the book when God questions Job by saying, Who is this who darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Some people quote from these verses in Job and then form a doctrine of soul sleep. That is, that the spirit, after it departs from the body, is no longer conscious, but is sleeping. But such people should realize that Job was speaking here of things of which he had no knowledge. On the other hand, Jesus has total knowledge of the realm of the dead. And when he spoke of the realm of the dead, Hades, in his account of Lazarus and the rich man, He makes it clear that the souls of the departed are not sleeping, but are conscious, even feeling pain when they are in the place of torment. Why is light given to him who is in misery and life to the bitter of soul, who long for death, but it does not come, and search for it more than hidden treasures, who rejoice exceedingly and are glad when they can find the grave? Job simply cannot understand why he is allowed to go on living when life has only become total misery and bitterness of soul. This is the argument of those who would euthanize stage four cancer victims. He speaks of searching for death with the same enthusiasm as a gold miner. And when he discovers a vein of gold, he rejoices. He would rejoice if only he could find death but death escapes him. Why is light given to a man whose way is hidden and whom God has hedged in? For my sighing comes before I eat and my groanings pour out like water. At the beginning of the story, we see where Satan complained to God that God had put a hedge of protection around Job, around his family and his possessions. Now, from Job's perspective, he's hedged in all right. He's hedged in by God, but he's trapped in perpetual misery. But rather than being allowed to die, he continues to be tormented. He groans in pain, but his groans go unanswered. And yet, it is God whom Job acknowledges is still present. You see, the truth is, as long as God exists beyond our present suffering, there is still hope. Verse 25, for the thing I greatly feared has come upon me and what I dreaded has happened to me. Earlier, we saw how Job sacrificed burnt offerings for his children for fear that one of them had cursed God. He lived a blameless and upright life because he feared God. But now his worst fears have come upon him. And to whom can he turn? I am not at ease, nor am I quiet. I have no rest, for trouble comes. Job has no rest, only more trouble. Now, if you had been one of Job's three friends, how would you have responded to all of this? You see, we often make the mistake of saying things, trying to correct people that are in a place of misery and suffering, and it really doesn't help them at all. And We are much wiser when we just do what the scripture says in Romans 12, 15. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. 
You see, what people really need from us is our compassion, our mercy, our sympathy, our love, and just to be with them, to let them just speak sometimes, to get it off their chest and just say, you know what? I'm sorry. I feel for you. And just show them that we love them. 1 Corinthians 12, 26 says, if one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. That's what the word compassion means, to suffer with. And is this what Job's friends would do? Well, we will see that next time. The lesson from Job is that good people do suffer, and many times they cannot make sense of the suffering as they're going through it. But God does have a bigger purpose in mind, ultimately his glory. And Job, his suffering, would look forward to the one who would suffer unjustly for our sins, Jesus Christ, who would suffer on the cross. And that is ultimately the only real answer to those who are suffering so greatly, is that God himself did not spare his own son from suffering. But God allowed it to bring a greater good for us all. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. Tomorrow we'll see where Job's friends begin to offer their explanation, but maybe it would have been better for them to keep their mouths shut. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Job on Simply the Bible.